everyone, and welcome to the penultimate episode oh my God. of the Riverdale Register. My name is Caitlin. My name is John, and I realized what the cataclysm was that Jughead was talking about last week. I don't actually... I, it's Hurricane Hillary. Oh, yeah, that's a problem. He was warning us. He was. Isn't that crazy? Wow. The show, the show is so... Um, see, um, uh, um, how do you say it? Omniscient? Yes, but it's not. That's not the right word, I don't think, either. Oh, my God. It's the last second to last episode. Right. It's the last episode where we can have a rumor mill. And we really can. Right, but we already kind of know what happens next week. Yeah, or more or less. I mean, we know it's going to end. I guess, no, we can still have a rumor mill. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. What if we just, instead of even basing it on what we know will happen, we just send out wild predictions of that what could fun. be a Riverdale finale? I mean, we only know so little about what will actually happen that I really think that any of our predictions are going to be, like, pretty, you know, wrong. Yeah. So, right. so have fun with it. I'm excited. So, John, we did get so many comments from the audience this week. I'm sure. I'm sure. Once they finally said something, it was, like, a lot to talk about. It was... A lot, um, and I did screenshot some of them, but there were just so many things that they said. So I thought that I would actually ask a question from myself. Okay. If you had to rank who you think, in order, who the main characters of Riverdale are, you had to go from like this is the main character, this is the the top four main characters, in order, who would you say is the like the least main of the main characters to the most main of the main characters. I just feel like the main four would be those, but honestly, sure. Cheryl might be above one of them. That's what I'm trying to say. Exactly. But it's like, Veronica had a lot of plots. Right, she did. But like, I, I don't know if it makes you like a main character. If, does screen time make you a main character? Jughead, Archie, and Betty are duking it out for that top slot. But I feel like Archie gets left behind a little bit. I think it's going to be Jughead is... Jughead is the main character. Oh, that's hard. That's the thing. This is why I wanted it to be a Betty question. Betty is the main character. You think? Well, yes. because of the end? Because of how they've written this whole final season. Okay. I could see... Betty is the main character. Jughead is second. Then Archie. Then Cheryl. And Veronica are tied. So I would... This is so hard because narrator protagonist and like main character all feel really different yeah like i would say like archie is like the protagonist of jughead's story but he does not necessarily get like even remotely the screen time that a lot of other characters get and he's his storylines never really feel that significant compared to everyone else right like you could he's never in like the the he's never the focus of like the murder mystery plot right even when his dad removed. is almost murdered <laughs> right exactly he's always like kind of going off and doing his own like emotional arc but never like i don't know did he like solve anything did he like fix anything this season well not this season but like in any season like, did he really do anything? I mean, he put out some fires. He did. I don't think that really... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember when they put out that fire? And there <laughs> they was a didn't man. save that man. They, they met didn't save <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> so he really didn't do anything. But yeah, it's just like thinking about it now, it's like, yeah, like, I guess... I feel like Jughead being the narrator is like different than him being the main character. But whose story is he telling? He's telling Riverdale's story, but you would think a show based on Archie Comics would be telling Archie's story more. And I think it started out like that for like two episodes, 
And quickly they were like, that's not the interesting it thing. Was re- I mean, and the Veronica story was like, for one season it was like, your dad's a criminal. Right. How do you feel about that? And she's like, I have really complicated feelings about that. And then they introduced her father and her father was like, we're going to talk about this boy now. Yeah, yeah. This is about him and me. <laughs> we're going to bring him back to the focus. I really, I need you to step aside while I talk to this boy. <laughs> yeah. What a weird show this has been. It's been so fun. But what a crazy, crazy time. Would you like to know the name of this episode? Chapter 136. Yeah. Would you like to know what the title is? Yeah. It's called The Golden Age of Television. Do you know how on top of things are? I am? I, I think you're about to Google the golden age of television. No, no, no. I but like conceptually, that's too. <laughs> I have previously Googled earlier today the golden age of television. Okay. I know what it looks like I'm Googling. It, I'm only it Googling it because I screenshotted it. And it comes up now when you Google things on your iPhone. So, okay. So basically, the golden age of television was between 1948 and 1959, and it's considered the golden age of television because of a mix of pioneering shows from Howdy Doody to I Love Lucy to Dragnet. Um, Basically, it's when TV started shaping America's culture. So you may hear today the golden age of television referenced um, is also kind of like 1999 onward, like kind of the Breaking Bad, the West Wing, like all of those kinds of shows. I think kind of started the set, what they call the second golden age of television. You think that starts in 99? That's what they said on the internet. But I can't Google it because then I would have been Googling it. But that's what they said. But I do think maybe not 99. That feels a little bit early. But no, you got Sopranos. That was early. But what's relevant about the original golden age of television? Well, they're watching television. It's the golden age, and they're watching television. You're killing me here. Wait, what do you mean? I mean, you're... Wait, what, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> you're like, I googled golden age of television, and you start talking about shows from the 90s. Well, um, we're talking about the phrase, the golden age of television. Yeah. So the golden age of television, in this case, is like the 50s. Right. Yes. What defined that? The um, live TV shows. Uh, mm-hmm. like, like, I Love Lucy, all those little things. Right. Dragnet, whatever that is. I don't know, Dragnet. It's a cop show. It's, it's the cop, cop show. show. It's the yeah. inventor of all cop shows. They worked very closely with the LAPD mm. to get information on cases to use in Dragnet, and they use that to spread copaganda around the country. How, did we learn this in school? No. I watch <laughs> video essays for fun. Okay, This was my, my thing I mentioned last time. You mentioned it last time. Did you mention Dragnet, or you mentioned just no, video No, I just essays? mentioned, like... Yes, I remember that. I was like, wait... I was like, no, this is the first time I've ever heard this story. But, like, wasn't the golden age of television also known for, like, the Hayes Code and all of the stuff where it's, like, people couldn't share the same bed in any TV show, Did you know? Say wasn't that. it always black and white? Did not say that in my Just research. <laughs> Sorry. Did not say that in my research. Um, it said, television heightened the nation's sense of shared community, fostered for decades by radio. Americans can now see events happening thousands of miles away from the comfort of their living rooms or local taverns. And this is the first paragraph on the Wikipedia page? No, no, no. This is um, from some CBS website. Okay. So, I don't know. But it's very exciting. It's a very exciting age of television. You know, we're praised regularly for our nuance. I like to think that it's because of me. This episode was written by uh, Roberto, who hasn't written or apparently seen an episode this season <laughs> since Don't Worry, Darling. Oh, that was the first one. Right. That was when they were not right. worried. Right. 
that was the episode that ended with Jughead uh, discovering his hat that was literally never seen again. Oh, R.I.P. hat. Are we ever going to get that hat back? Do you think that the, that Betty is going to find that hat and like wear it or something in the last episode? <laughs> Maybe. It'll just be like on some kid's head and she'll be like, that reminds me of Jughead. Right. It'll be beautiful. You know, everybody, everybody on X, not Twitter, but X, is saying that the Riverdale finale is really good. And I... Probably because it doesn't have anything to do with anything that happened this season Possibly. Very possible. But uh, I'm excited. I think so. it's probably going to be one of those things of, like, the reason the season felt like there wasn't a ship guiding it was because they spent all of their time thinking about the series the finale. finale. Series finale? So why even have 20 episodes? They wanted our podcast, John. They needed us to discuss this everything. This episode was written by Roberto and Tessa Williams. Oh, hell yeah, Tessa Williams. Which is awesome. Tessa Williams gets that kind of boost, I think. Love uh, it. Previously wrote Archie, the musical this season. And Love every it. other musical episodes and in treatment and great, great stuff. Amazing. When sort of they were in treatment. And then probably should have continued to be in treatment, but never were again. Yeah. 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 And this episode was directed by Tara Defoe, her third ever directorial credit, and they're all Riverdale episodes. Hell yeah. Uh, Death at a Funeral was the first one. Mm, don't remember that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, so Blue sorry. Blue Collar was the second one. Ah, uh, is that... Uh, okay, I'm going to pull them both up. Yeah. One hundred and two Death at a Funeral. Following the explosion at the Andrews' residence... Archie assembles a team to help rebuild his home. Jughead copes with his new reality. Veronica breaks some news to the town, which later prompts a visit from her mother. I feel like there have been a lot of explosions. You don't remember this one? I vaguely do. Does... I definitely know which one this is now. Does her Nana die? I'm pretty sure this is the one where the trash bag killer shows up as oh, like a work guy helping yes. out the house and then yes. tries to take out the trash. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wait. Is... What happened to that dog Archie owned? <laughs> Wait, Bongo? It doesn't exist in this reality anymore. Yeah, just like any bad experience they've ever had, it just no longer exists. Right, got a lot of questions, which we will get to. <laughs> and Blue Collar is, after learning that Percival is exploiting his new work crew, Archie mm. and Tabitha devise a plan to help protect the workers and get them out from under Percival's control. Meanwhile, Jughead finds himself with a target on his back after Percival catches wind of a scheme. He and Veronica hatch against Reggie. Finally, Betty receives some unexpected news about a dark moment from her past, and Tony and Fangs find themselves at a crossroads. The season six ones are much longer yeah. than the others, and yet also vague. So this was the one where unions were a thing. I think it's the union episode. Yeah, because yeah. where they saying bread and roses. <clears throat> right. Yeah, yeah. Such a weird energy. Weird energy. It was like, <laughs> we're fighting an, e an, an, an evil from another reality with... Liberal social tactics. <laughs> I mean, I think it worked, kind of. I, they won. Yeah. Kind of. Mm -hmm. Got sent to the most conservative reality mm -hmm. possible and were told to do it again. Right, they were told to reunionize, actually. Without, <laughs> without knowing any of the things they knew the first time. Gone. It worked out, though, I think. I, I, I don't know. Somebody said it worked out. Right. And we are told to believe that person. It didn't. It didn't not work out, I guess. I don't really know what that Things are fine? Yeah. I have a lot of questions. We're going to talk about the philosophical implications of all this once we get there. So but. we got a bunch of plot lines. Yeah. So we have principles. Mm -hmm. We have the comet. 
which is the big one. We have, who published this book? <laughs> we have Dance Off, bro. The greatest love story of the season. Okay. And what the fuck just happened with Kevin? <laughs> okay, my my request is we do the comment last. Yes. Um, so let's just do order in order, except for, you know, skip the comment and then we'll just keep going. Great. Okay, so principles. Yeah. The loose ends we all needed to tie We were up. all thinking about this. <laughs> According to Jughead's voiceover, this was the moment instead of the death of J- Jason Blossom mm. in the 2020s or teens. Some years. <laughs> this was the moment Riverdale realized it wasn't the perfect town it thought it was because sure. of the um, the plot of the Americans happening. Right, the Americans. In the weird gothic rich person's house. Right. Surprise, they're evil and we're building a bomb. Yeah, the people who were like so like staunchly capitalist and American were actually Russian spies. Yeah. Well, apparently all adults in this time period hate joy. Right. It doesn't matter what their political affiliation, they just hate hate joy and <laughs> giving their kids love. Yeah. God forbid they might turn out empathetic. Right. Crazy. So, uh, thanks to total dumb luck, they foiled the bomb <laughs> plot. Like, if Clifford Blossom hadn't been like, come here, kids, I gotta show you a Moloch statue, none of this would have happened. Right, he could have just not. He would have just kept building his bomb. He could have just put it in his office and been like, oh, that's a weird thing, so it's not important. Yeah, no, one, no one would have even asked, I don't think. <laughs> Who cares? Principal Featherhead steps down as school principal for personal reasons. Yeah. Even though it's unclear if he was ever actually connected to the bomb. I guess he, I think he was. That's not sure how or why. How or, I mean, it would have been cool to like say how or why. Yeah. You could have made it an episode. Yeah. You did a whole episode about the ways you want to kill Mr. Honey, but the actual evil principle that exists in the show. <laughs> no. Gets to leave. I can't believe we are not getting. We didn't get Mr. Honey back at all. They didn't even. I I thought that was who they were talking about when they're like, we have to give an educator a chance. I thought Mr. Honey Mr. was gonna Honey. walk in. I do wonder if maybe he was the first choice. But anyway, who knows? The students love him. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. Oh, you mean you mean as the villain principal oh, for no, the season? No, I thought that maybe Mr. Honey would come back at the end, but no. Yeah. Well, uh. there's still time. Sure. <laughs> there, is, there is still time. And I think Bughead might get back together. We'll see. There's Just, still time. Again, the, remember when the principal was like doing the therapy thing with Betty and she was like, you're a creep and yeah. I have proof. And it was like tenuous, but like the show wanted us to believe it mattered. Yeah. Like you could have fired him then. Yeah. But who would have fired him? They all look out for themselves. Yeah. If he puts the other men in danger, they would turn on him in a second and throw him to the curb. Like what happens here? I really thought all these three men, all the, I thought the psychiatrist and the principal were the same person. So this was very confusing it's for me. so weird when one walks out and then another <laughs> one walks in a different door and you're like, same guy though, right? No, but like literally I'm like, I cannot tell the difference between those two men. It's like the twins from The Queen's Gambit. I have not watched The Queen's okay, Gambit. Okay, well it's so like sorry. twins in anything you've yes. ever watched ever, but they're not actually twins. It's So it's like the girls from that Disney basketball Thank movie. you. Yes, that's my language. Clearly something yes. you would understand Double better. teamed. Yes, I know. And they're, they're always not, like, not even a little bit looking similar thank you and and i think about this like all the time because they really do not look like at all this is what you think about all the time all the time it comes in my head very regularly honestly (laughs) because i'm like why would you just like 
either just get twins. <laughs> like either go, get they're them. out there, right? Exactly. They play basketball. Certainly, it, it's insane. Like you, you couldn't find two tall blonde twins who wants to be <laughs> want to be actors like in LA. Like there's they don't exist. Like come on. Sorry, I know we're busy talking about this other thing, but it's just great the kind of stuff that like. <laughs> ask Caitlin to look into the golden age of television no. and she's like I'll give you an overview at best ask her about a middling Disney Channel original movie that came out middling. in the mid 2000s and she's like I know everything about this movie yeah do you need an essay I will give you this essay <laughs> in actuality Principal Featherhead was accused by Werther's original Mm. as an accessory to the Bond plot. Sure. Later on, Hal announces in the local news that they are looking for a new principal at the school. Kids worry about who that next principal could be, and Archie's like, I hope it's not Frank. <laughs> yeah. How? No, no idea how it could yeah. be Frank. But I appreciate that he was worried because I was a little worried as yeah, well. God forbid. Yeah. Tony has a candidate, but they will need to go through Alice. And Betty assures the group that her mother has changed. It's been six weeks. We've all just given this woman the benefit of the It's doubt. not even Christmas yet. I just want to point this out. It's been like really no time. <laughs> it might not even be Thanksgiving. It's not Thanksgiving yet. No, no, but sure. These guys are talking about their summer vacation plans. <laughs> and it is early so. November. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, did we miss literally all of the holidays? Maybe. I don't know. Wow, we I can't believe the basketball season's over, too. I Wait, basketball is a winter sport, right? I don't know. I guess it would make sense because inside. Yeah. Sure. Unclear. You know what? Right, and who am I kidding? They wouldn't know, the people making no, the show. I don't know. So I get it, but it makes sense in theory why it would be. Yeah, home, well, no, homecoming games. It's college, though. Homecoming is a football game. Damn it, I don't know. No, basketball is a winter sport. Okay. Because football is a spring, is a is a fall sport, and in the spring you have, like, right. track and field. But, like, winter is for all the indoor sports Like January, February, yeah. March, April. April's, like, the end. Sure, yeah, depending yeah. on where you are. March Madness. Okay, I feel you. I'm yeah. picking up where you're putting down. I get it now. This makes no sense. You're right. Riverdale. Riverdale. <laughs> Betty gives Alice a chance to do the right thing. And Tony tells her that they actually have a day one series cast member who hasn't <laughs> been brought back this season uh, since the time jump. Amazing. And so uh, Principal Weatherby, a man who has never lost a limb <laughs> or joined a cult or any other such way become compromised, uh, returns to Riverdale for the first time. Yay! And he challenges everybody to be better, and they all applaud. You know who I thought it could have been briefly? I was like, could it be Pop? And then I was like, no, Pop's been here this whole time, I think. It's like so satisfying to see him again, and also me thinking, hey, has this guy needed work? Like, what, Like, is why? this your friend who's like been not working? <laughs> Maybe... <laughs> Maybe you should have brought him for the ride and not the bad guy. Right, like... What if the principal was on your side? That would be... Like, somebody else. I'm anybody just, else. I'm just... Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> All right. Who published this book? It's a great question. So the Coopers, after everything, agreed to uh, continue doing everything they've always done forever with no change. No, there is a change. Hal lives in the basement now. Right, because we've seen him spending so much time with Alice <laughs> in the bedroom. Right. Right, of course. As if that means anything. Gross. Betty asks why Alice 
never left Hal back then. She says she didn't want the girls to grow up without a father. I don't believe you. <laughs> and she's lonely. She's sad and lonely. That, that was the answer. And, and, and she couldn't survive without him. It's all practical with this woman. There's no yeah. emotion underneath it at all. Though I did think Matcham and Amic, though we've been saying her name wrong, I learned, and I don't remember how to pronounce it correctly, I thought she really gave a good performance in this scene. She her, doesn't write the scripts, and I think she acts them as well as she possibly can. Yeah, like she, her face, like her face acting, I right. thought this was excellent. I, yes. It's like, I believe you. My, I, she's, <clears throat> obviously the problem is that I don't believe her based on her actions, not her performance. Yeah, no, no, no just in general, her I thought she did a great job. performance is great. Yeah, she's a great actress. Alice is scared she might have to be alone someday, and that's literally never happened to her. And this is why she's alienating everyone. That's why she makes everyone despise her. (laughs) Until they leave and become. Ma'am. Vaudeville people. (laughs) What is she? Burlesque? Burlesque. Oh, that would be hilarious. It's way after vaudeville is a thing. I'm going to bring it back. Doing a medicine show. So she, I learned that polyamory, the word, like didn't arise until like the 80s. One of our listeners. So everyone's just like. What does that mean? Right, exactly. So it's just like a thing that she said. I guess Amory is like a concept, but they're just like, oh, okay, Polly, love, yeah, great. Exactly. That's fine. It kind of works still, but maybe she invented it in this universe. very funny. Yeah. Betty goes to the post office where she receives in the mail a single copy of (laughs) her book, The Teenage Mystique, all printed and done. Who published that? Okay, so I think she must. This is, I was thinking about this. I've been looking into like self-publishing and TikTok has been like, I've been on BookTok, quote unquote. So you could just publish this yourself. But how did she have the money for this? How did she do any of it? I have no idea. It's also, again, been like six weeks. Right. So. Right. You wrote a book. Right. You wrote a whole book. Whole book. You got your cute little picture. Yeah. To be on the cover. Again, you're like 16 years old, but sure. You found someone to publish it off screen. Right. We don't know what's in the book. No, no idea. She receives one copy of the book. Where are the other copies going? Ew. Are they going to her house? I guess. Like, is she like, Mom, read this book. Also, we're about to have a lot <laughs> more of it soon until I can distribute this some places. Right. Yeah. Unclear. You don't have a book deal. Right. Yeah. No idea. You know a publisher in town. Yeah. And it's close Didn't to go to them. I don't know. But um, what is in the book? I had I thought it was copies of the letters that she was sent and received but i don't think that's true now it seems like yeah and like if you're you know printing a book where you are doing all your self-help things with your friends surely you gotta ask permission for that yeah they really glossed over a lot of this a lot of this yeah she shows alice her book and matching does play it very well she's like oh i i see and you're in your underwear on it and right that's a choice you've made that I need to be fine with because you know the truth now. Yeah, this she's is like a demon. Where if you learn her true name, you have power over her. She's Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Oh, that would have been a funny nickname for her earlier. Betty really wants Alice to read her book. Yeah, and I get that, but also I wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, I wouldn't want my mom to read a book that I wrote about. Not this. Teenagers and their sexual interests. No, like, because the thing is, it's like, it's one thing for your parents to accept you, and another thing for your parents to, like, know intimate details about your life that you don't want them to right. know. Right. Also, like, Betty's whole thing is, like, I'm still figuring it out. Right. Like, so, yeah. 
you haven't reached a conclusion. She's 16, yeah. And I'm not saying that 16-year-olds don't have valuable things to say. I do think it's a little bit... I think that I think Betty's whole thing has been a little presumptuous to assume that she um, is like an authority on things in this universe, but because it's been again, it, it's been six weeks. It's been six weeks, yeah. right? It's not like I'm graduating from high school. This is like all my experiences. It's like this one semester, I had a bunch of stuff happen, and now I'm gonna write a book about it. Right. So Betty wakes up to Alice in her room, crying in the middle of the night. Yeah, save it for the morning, Alice. <laughs> Alice is like, I read the book. <laughs> it's so good. And I'm like, I guess. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, we didn't read any sure. of it. We don't know what's in it. What's in it? Pride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, I get it because I read a book. Thank God for writers. Okay, pay them. Pay us, please. And then she walks away. Yeah. And it's like, maybe you should have invited her to your little screening. What was the screening? Of all of their happy memories. Oh, yeah. Like, if you wanted to be like, Mom and I are good now. Right. Right. I didn't even think about the adults being included in that. We're going to get there, I think. Oh, but boy. Yeah. So, then we have, uh, what's going on with the Blossoms? Mm. Nana Blossom, who I have not seen in a very long time, right. it and feels like, <laughs> uh, is happy. Cliff and Penelope are gone. She tells the kids they need to make their family rise from the ashes of all of this turmoil. Sure. And Cheryl announces she already knows her first course of action. Can you guess? I don't remember what it is. I genuinely don't remember what she's talking about. It's the cheerleading squad. Oh, right. And then she's just a the dance God off. Damn. Right? Name me three storylines this cheerleading <laughs> squad has been integral to. Uh, there was this stupid love scene where she sang stupid love. I don't know. I don't remember that at all. They, there's a football game and she's like, stupid love, love, love. And we that's don't all. know these people. No. And I cannot, for the life of me, figure out why this girl defines herself based I, off yeah. of this cheerleading squad that, as far as I can tell, <laughs> has never placed in competition. <laughs> right. Are they and there's no, not a road to college for her. No, it's very unclear. It, it also feels like she dropped the cheerleading squad in high school eventually. Like, I guess she was always on the squad, but it just ceased to be very important after a while. So I never personally identified with her after season one with this cheerleading squad. Yeah. She was like the weird gothic... Like, uh, And the level of control she demands yeah. over it is like unrelatable. Yeah. Not like in a fun, campy way, because again, she doesn't use them enough for it to be fun and campy. Well, she also... we Yeah, we just don't know... Like, do they practice all the time because she really wants to win a trophy? Right. It's very unclear. It's like, I think she just likes dolls, like having little dolls to play with. So she openly launches a coup against Evelyn. It's really the easiest coup in the world. To take control of a high school cheerleading team. Right. Via dance battle. A callback. Yes. This is hilarious, though, because this dance is not good. I hated it. It was bad. And I couldn't tell if we were supposed to, like, oh, haha. In the 50s, it's not, it, they can't possibly dance as good as they could in like 2017. Do you know what I mean? Like, is it, was that the joke? Or were, are we supposed to think this was good? Listen, I'm way back on the, has anyone ever been convinced to change their right. opinion on something based on somebody else dancing? As, as I told you, multiple times. I'm sorry, Evelyn, but <laughs> she did dance and then you ran out of the room crying. Right. And so 
I have no choice but to follow Cheryl now. My issue with dance scenes in movies is also like it's two people who are usually pretty evenly matched and they usually dance pretty similarly in terms of quality and yet it's always supposed to be at the end like oh my god she clearly danced so much better than that person but I never see it yeah. you know I never really like even in the first dance battle was Veronica and Cheryl like, I never thought I didn't think uh-huh. Veronica was like so much better than Cheryl uh, yeah like and everyone was like <laughs> I remember Betty was like and who's voting for Veronica and then it was like laughs yeah right and I'm like what did I just watch right i mean look you know they're babes uh you know and cheryl will remain the babiest of babes but i did not really get it have you ever even seen a bring it on oh my god yes of course i I have them they are they seen a bring it on well this is the 50s they'd be very confused i mean across the board though it's like you (laughs) you were like and she's the head of the cheerleading squad and defines herself by being right. the head of the cheerleading squad but then you don't do anything with the cheerleading squad and anytime another character enters a plot with the cheerleading squad it becomes a plot about how they feel like their life is being consumed by Cheryl mm. and they need to not be in the cheerleading squad right. but we never know any characters who are just like hey we're all about the cheerleading yeah it's just like I don't know I don't know where I'm even going with this at a certain point no I understand what you're saying I am I am happy though that um, the cheerleading squad has another lesbian couple you gotta listen to this all right so (laughs) i love that for them evelyn when challenged to dance pack uh screams and runs out of the room Mm. then cheryl tells the vixens that she wants to live in the light and go steady with tony and then two girls we've never met before (laughs) hold hands and say they also want to live in the light i would be like are you fucking stealing my thunder right now (laughs) No, I'm living in the light. This Get is back my- in the darkness, you two. <laughs> you go stand over there. You can have your time tomorrow. This is my light. But, you know, very inclusive cheerleading squad. They I all love it. They all applaud because Cheryl danced <laughs> so well. <laughs> right, right, right. They've, they've fixed homophobia and, I don't know, by sexy-ish for the 50s dancing. And that's great. And that's great. Next follows the greatest love story of the season, which is, is, of course, between Archie and Reggie. Oh, I thought we were going to say Frank and Sheriff Keller, but... No, that's what the fuck just happened. That's that's fair. (laughs) It is a one-scene story that that doesn't make any sense and didn't need to exist. It really did not, but I loved it. Archie has been reading On the Road by Jack Kerouac. This point is to stop reading. I don't know. He still needs to start writing. Right. Come on. How many poems has he's written? Three? It's not enough. And they're not to get girls, so... Well, the one failed when he tried, Mm. because she was married. Right. She was definitely married. (laughs) Archie spends this episode being like, I failed with her. I better go back to the first English teacher. Mm, Yeah, right. (laughs) She'll be into me. (laughs) For sure. Archie's dreaming of his own big trip. He's going to be a vagabond living in train cars all summer. And he's like, your mom won't let that happen. He's like, what you going to do? It's going to be summer. Right. Again, it's November. I just, it's November. That's correct. It is November. Yeah. But maybe November 12th, like at Baz. Unclear. Reggie, meanwhile, is going to go to the best basketball camp. And they have confirmed this in November. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Archie visits Weatherby and asks him to rehire his old English teacher bag, and Weatherby goes, yes. Yeah. And, and then Archie, they ha- hold on a shot of Archie leaving the room where he has the biggest, goofiest grin on his face. 
as he walks out and Weatherby watches him leave and does like a, oh, that guy kind of like smile and shake of his head. I love that. With Archie's English teacher back, he tells her about his summer plans and she loves it. She's like, that's a great idea. You should do all of those things. It's a necessary scene. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) We we needed it. We needed to bring her in for the day. (laughs) I hope she got the $3,000 guest star appearance uh, check. I really do genuinely hope that. This episode is so weird that like half of it is really just like the shortest versions of plots for all the characters. And the other half is just an entirely different thing. Absolutely. That's what I felt. I was like, wait. I was like, oh, this not much is happening. And then it was like, oh my God, every single thing. Right. The most important things are happening one after another. Insane. Insane. Archie finds Reggie outside his house. Turns out basketball camp we're finding this out in November, will interfere <laughs> with the most important farming dates of the summer. The sweet corn. The sweet corn harvest that oh. will support his family all year long. He'll have to forget basketball. I love corn. But Archie says to heck with that. He'll cover the farm for Reggie instead of, you know, living in train cars. Right. Sounds great, actually. Yeah, this sounds better, honestly. Shucking corn. And that's when I'm like, Reggie and Archie, Reggie specifically has been the most successful element of this season. I love him. His his characterization and goals have been consistent and consistently worked towards. This basketball camp has been something they've talked about for like three weeks or so now. Like, we, this has been coming. We've, we've been aware of this. He's so sweet. And I also love the way he's not dumb like i felt like they always made reggie so dumb in like the previous he's just a different guy but a way and and it makes like he and archie are friends in this very beautiful way that they never were before because there was this like competitiveness between them all the time and there's still the competitiveness but now it's like it's like rivalry that's friendly as opposed to rivalry that's like actually openly pretty hostile if there's any detriment it's like you lose that with jughead but like yeah. when you have your cast this big, I, I I guess I understand why you choose to give all that to Reggie. I also think there's something with making Jughead a narrator that kind of makes it harder for him in a lot of ways to also be like a Reggie type character because you're telling your own story. It's like him being an observer, I think, does work better. It is just strange because Jughead and Archie are like the best friends in the comics. Right. So and Reggie's the bully, right? Yeah. Well, he's. I feel like in the comics he's kind of like the frenemy. Also, I feel like he's somewhat of what Archie's Betty. To I Veronica. think it's become more nuanced as the years have gone on. But I think yeah. in olden days it was like this guy's a jerk and like that's it. Hey, what happened? What happened to Moose? Speaking of like in this timeline, yeah, is he like just he's like an actual moose. I think. Oh, cool. <laughs> Imagine Kevin's in the gay woods with the moose. <laughs> Moose. I Clay, come leave. here, meet this moose. <laughs> yeah. I would describe a certain appendage of it as horse-like. Oh my god. <laughs> that would be weird to describe a moose that way. We had a great line from the pilot that we just recalled. Alright, now, audience, we need your help reacting to something. Kevin goes over to his dad's hotel room for, I don't know why, and finds... Uh, Frank coming out of Sheriff's shower in nothing but a towel. And they're like, oh, well, you, I mean, you know, he, he, he's, he's next door and there's water. He's taking a shower here. Why did they include this? Why do this? <laughs> what? What does this mean? I didn't need to know that Frank's some kind of self-hating gay man. <laughs> okay. Or I, that either of them are. I, I do think that there was this thing that, that pop culture did earlier in the maybe like 2000s and a little bit earlier 
so maybe like the 90s, where if in order to show a storyline about homophobia, like the only way that they did this was to be like, gay man hates himself, that is why he's homophobic. It's very like American Which beauty. is like still homophobic. Right. It's like, yeah, it's still bad. And, and like, I, the worst homophobes are just homos themselves. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just not like a like I understand I do think that this is potentially true sometimes maybe that like people I'm are saying it can't happen right it feels maybe it's not so true at least anymore I feel like I don't, I don't like that it can be deployed to be like see so they're not so bad right I think <laughs> no that's... they're still pretty bad <laughs> right exactly I don't care what their truth is yeah ex- yes exactly you can be gay and an asshole right and it and it also kind of makes it seem like I don't want to say it's like you are an asshole because you're gay in those circumstances. Like, that's not what I'm trying to say. It just, that's kind of like the message gets all muddied. Like, you also, I mean, there's a lot of societal pressures to be straight that people internalize. And I don't think you necessarily don't need to be straight in order to be, like, hateful because of that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like you would still be like, oh, like, I must be straight. I must be straight. I must be straight without actually being gay. Gay and feeling like you need to, like, hatefully express it. Yeah. I know what I'm saying. I'm not sure if it's coming out at all, but. Well, I'll tell you what. The show didn't need to do this. No. No. And Kevin. Kevin has stuff going on. Right. A Kevin Clay scene would have been way more appropriate. Yeah. Also, like. Like, are we sure that they hooked up? Or is this just, like, a joke? I, I think it's implying that they have been together, and that's why Sheriff Keller and the mom divorced. Which feels like a crazy thing to throw in at the last minute. Yeah. Right? Like, crazy. <laughs> I, I keep forgetting about that, too. Yeah, no, I mean, she was I invisible. also have a mom. No, you don't. She was apparently no, very confusing now, so. Are we on the comment? We gotta talk about the comment. Oh, my God. So Jughead finds Werther's original mm. in the principal's office and he says that he's falling failing up yeah. into the president's subcommittee on teenage delinquents and specifically how comic books are evil cool. later in this same episode a person will tell jughead that he has measurably changed the world for the better and it will just become better and better and better but the man who's personally <laughs> killed the comic book publisher that he works with has been upgraded to a national threat. Also, not sure if we talked about this, but I was told by one of our listeners that there was like a code for comic books. Apparently yeah. it was a whole thing. Huh. So the world does get worse. <laughs> Actually. I looked at a bunch of mine. I couldn't find anything. This is what they said. And I, I looked it up extensively by reading that message and relaying it here to you. He uh, promises Jughead his subcommittee is still out there controlling publications, and they just rejected his latest issue. Great. He tells Veronica how his comic was projected, probably because he put the comet in the story. And then he does that thing where, like, he passes off knowledge another girlfriend gave him as knowledge of his own to right. his own girlfriend. He's like, it's this story. I don't know if you've heard of it. But... <laughs> Jughead sucks, <laughs> once again. <laughs> Jughead was doing so well for me, but no. Veronica thinks the comet would make a great movie and as a 16 year old she can definitely she has that power yeah exactly that jughead has the du bois's contact information so i just want to point out to veronica that like i don't think that you having their information means you get to go make this movie oh she gets the rights i don't even think getting the rights lets you make this movie truthfully dude it's ridiculous yeah 
I guess she's a Nepo baby, but... We'll come back around to her. But real yeah. quick, here's another question I have for you. Sure. Who is Mr. Fieldstone? He's the pep guy. Yeah, What? What? what's his deal? No idea. Zero. Yeah. Clue. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah, no idea. Why? This guy looks exactly like the other <laughs> patriarchy members, but is like on the opposite side of everything and is gruff and is pretty well performed. And I'm like, why is he good? He doesn't have to be. So what's well, his story? Would have loved to have found out. I, I feel like it's kind of weird that Mr. Fieldstone and Brad Rayberry are two different characters. I Yeah, that is weird. I also think it's interesting that, like, at the first time we meet him, he's very, like, neutral about everything. Right. Like, and he's, he's very quickly is like, Jughead, you're my best guy. <laughs> right, right. At first he's like, yeah, you're a kid. You want a comic book? Fine. Write this trash comic book. That was impressive. That was yeah. really good, Fieldstone. <laughs> right. Thank you. <laughs> write his trash comic book come back to me and then uh, maybe I'll publish your shitty comic yeah. or maybe not I don't know I don't owe you anything <laughs> exactly and now he's like you are the the light of the future Jughead you are the pep in my step but like literally it's a little weird he says they should publish the comet without the seal of approval but that will be the end of pep comics and he asks Jug- Jughead to write the final editorial and tells him it's been an honor Again, we have the time. We have the time to get to know this guy. We could have done it. It's been six weeks. Why do we... How did, how did that never never occur to anybody? Okay. It just feels like, the like why is he so on board for the comet? Oh, it would make sense if his thing was like, he's in an interracial marriage. Right, But also, anything. that was Brad Rayberry's thing. Right. That was pretty Brad Rayberry's thing, and it didn't really end up making much of a difference. By to her, she's gone. Yeah. It, and that had nothing to do with why they murdered him. Right, exactly. They didn't even know. They're like, yeah, he's getting the Senate involved in this common publishing case. We got to do something about it. Right. No, that, that line of exposition told us everything about why he was killed. He was wow. a fun character. So then Veronica runs into Clay. She's like, Clay, are you a real person or could I just happen to, or could you just happen to have the right interest for my <laughs> needs at any given time? He's like, it's definitely the latter. Perfect. And I'm already halfway through that screenplay of the comet. <laughs> right, right. Oh, you know the thing that you just brought up to me that you just got the rights to? You, I've already written it. Yeah, I've already been working on it for years, <laughs> and I will absolutely direct it too. Perfect. Great. Uh, sure. She bought the movie rights. I'm sure this is how, I don't know, maybe this is how Hollywood worked in the 50s, where uh, two 16-year-olds could just show up. I don't think, I don't think, uh, I think Sidney Poitier who is absolutely the right choice for the role because he's like the only black actor who Amer- who white America like likes at the time well, period. I mean, he was, um, Who's Coming to Dinner was like yeah. such like the prolific. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. He's like a very prolific actor. He passed away not that long ago, I guess. But I just think it's very funny that not only does Veronica have sway to pull just like the rights to this, but now she's also getting like major Academy Award nominated. She's like, obviously Josie will do this for us. Right. You haven't asked. No, and also I just want to point out it took Josie like a lot to finance her own movie. And like <laughs> that's right. They, Josie barely got to the point she got to. Right. It's like very strange that Veronica's like, well, it was so easy for Josie. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, don't worry. Clay has zero interests or hobbies to distract right. him from this. No, it's perfect. This is his hobby now. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I really like Clay. I hope it all works out. I, I just want to point out that they're 16. At least they're not running a casino. 
At least Clay's thing is not casino. All season, they could have been making this movie. Right. Called The Comet. And we would have all been like, wow, Comet, that's crazy. Because, yeah, like, the comet. the comet. And, you know, it could have been like, oh, Clay's in it as, like, the leading man. But also, in reality, he's gay and loves Kevin. And, right. like, oh, that's I don't cute. know who the girl is. And it's, like, a whole thing they could have been working on as a team that would have been, like, really fun to see them, like, produce something and build something together that could change the world when it comes out. Yeah. Why didn't they make a movie? I, there's a lot of choices. Not a single episode was named Back to the Future this season. Wait, wait, not a single episode was named Back to the Future. We failed. Well, because... We thought this was a given. We also thought that they we would thought go... thought it was a matter of time. We thought they'd go back to we the future. We didn't think... I never would have guessed that they would spend an entire season doing whatever in the 1950s yeah. and just resolve it with Jughead coming home and finding Tabitha just sitting there being like, hey, I fixed time. But did <laughs> While you? While you were out, I did it. I solved it. I mean, look, if anyone is capable, it is Tabitha. But what did she fix? Okay, well, he comes home and she sits him down to watch the pilot of Riverdale and presumably the whole series. Right. Right. 136 so like, episodes. She's like, correct. She's like, yeah, I, I don't know if it includes this season. Right. 120 episodes. She's like, yeah, over 100 hours. Of television later. Yeah. He remembers everything. Does he remember or is he just watching it? That was my question. Unclear. <laughs> right. He's like, I remember everything. He's like crying. She says a bunch of mumbo jumbo that's like, I merged timelines oh, to strengthen nonsense. the one prime timeline. It's so nonsense. <laughs> that it's like, they. it honestly feels like they did not even try to think about how it would work. And no, makes, and they hate us for asking questions. Right, exactly. Don't even. You open this box. So, you put a V in the title and we're like, this is a fun goof we're doing. And we're like, no, 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 no. You got to explain this. No, they never did. So her goal was keeping them safe quote-unquote, in the 50s. By keeping them safe in the 50s, that would give them a long amount of time so that when the comet hit in, like, 2020 or whatever year it was, they would be, like, she would. She was hoping that she could fix everything before that happened so that they wouldn't die by the bomb. She was giving them, like, a greater run-up and right. wanting to repair the world for the final battle. And now she's like, fuck the final battle. Right. You did it. You won. Right. So Everything's great. So I guess it doesn't really make sense because Percival Pickens. Forget Percival Pickens. Right. She's out here like what you guys did this year measurably is going to change the future for the better. In the last six weeks. Since September to November now, <laughs> you've changed the world in such a way where I, an angel, can guarantee for you good will radiate out forever and ever, and ever, and ever. Why? Because Alice stopped lying to Betty? Right. All these things are very small potatoes. They um, didn't do anything. And no. nothing nothing that could possibly have a greater reach. Unless Archie like spends the, that summer writing the greatest poem ever made. That he becomes the wild stallions of poetry. I and just like, don't think that's going to change the world yeah, as much yeah. as we want it to. So the feminist mystique? What is it? What's going to do it? Yeah, what are you talking about? The feminist mystique also, like, there's some controversy with that author. I, I don't, don't think it's going to work out. Yeah, so 
No one's going to look at me and be like, is this a teenager? Right, exactly. Why is she in underwear? I feel uncomfortable buying this. I think I should own this. No, it feels gross. But it's nice to see Tabitha. Yeah, and she tells him that uh, they'll never go back to the future. Which you could have just said from day one then. Right, like you're stuck here, but... Hey, I'm sorry, you can't go to the future. It doesn't exist, but maybe it could if you do X, Y, or Z. It's a little bit weird, but okay, sure. (laughs) So she wants to offer everybody the chance to see their future and decide if they uh, want to remember the future that they see. Okay, here's the other issue that I have with this. They're, it's not their future. It's like a alternate It's not even them. Timeline. It's really not them. It's not these people at all. That's been my problem the whole season. It's like, do you want to see a version of your life in which you are played by basically the same actor? Right. Would you like to see an adaptation of your life <laughs> set in a different time period? Right. But they look and sound just like you? I understand morbid curiosity about wanting to see this. Like, if you're like, do you want to see a remix of your life? I would be like, probably, because sure. But also, like... I'm Ben. Yeah, exactly. Of course. But, like, why would... Like, what benefit... Why is Tabitha here with this tape? Or a box set of DVDs? Or streaming service? It's the second to last episode of the season. Right. If they could have, she never would have come back. But he's like, ah, these people, they have to know. Right. They're so upset. It's very strange. I also wonder if this was originally the series finale plan, and then he got a different idea, and then they got bumped forward, which is why everything else in the episode feels like a smushed up episode of Riverdale. Possibly, but I do feel like you need something else after this. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, it's weird. So Jughead gathers everybody, and uh, for no reason they believe him now right. when he says they're no from reason. the future. He could have just, I was thinking about this, he could have taken this tape to the Babylon and played it. And been like, hey, we're doing a special screen. Veronica, my girlfriend, we're doing a special screening and just played it against their will. Right. How would they play a tape? I don't know. I think they could figure that out. That, that seems it like... It is like a- Angel Tabitha. You can't just make a right. film reel. Yeah. Come on. You're an angel. What are we doing? I, I feel like that would have been the least of their concerns. <laughs> it is also like, he comes in, he's like, wow, is that a color television? And I'm looking at it and be like, I mean, if you're going to go that far, why not bring in a flat screen? Like, right, exactly. go all the way. What are we talking about? Exactly. There's a there's a lot of thoughts. I was just thinking about how crazy it would be to see television for the first time. If you were, like, living in, like, a time period before television, then all of a sudden there's a television. You've never seen something like that. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And then for it to just become, like, a regular part of the home that's, like, always on a little bit. Exactly. Insane. No wonder oh, uh, those kinds of adults at that time were like, stay away from it. The radiation or whatever. I mean, maybe. The tube. It's messing with you. It could be. Who knows? Archie is first. Jughead introduces him to binge watching in the Virgin Bunker. He's like, this is going to take us over 100 hours. <laughs> Which is, again, like three or four days. Archie's so. like, wow, I was a football player. Boxer, a vigilante, a vigilante, yeah. groomed by a teacher, a fascist crime guy, the army. What am I forgetting? Oh my god! Um, he, boxer, was firefighter. firefighter. I feel like he did something else. A, vet, a veterinarian. Yeah, he owned that animal <laughs> shelter. Pets. He was a foster kid's parent, kind of, sort of. I was in a calendar once. He was in a calendar. I went to juvie. Oh, he was Where a I fought for my life every day. There was, yeah, he was at a I fight a club. Bear. I fought a man in a bear costume. But <laughs> yeah, a bear in a man costume in a bear costume. <laughs> it was a wild time for Archie. And he knew his dad. Oh, that was sad. And anytime you 
bring in a clip of uh, Luke Perry. Luke Perry, I'm going to feel something. Yeah, Exactly. Basically, anytime they used footage from season one, I'm like, oh, God, that was a great show. So sad. He doesn't know if anybody else should know, though. It doesn't matter if everybody else chooses to. Betty and Veronica are next. And they're like, like, you know, a classic Betty and Veronica (laughs) moment where we don't talk about the sexual chemistry anymore. Right. Also, you're going to be very surprised when you see all these episodes of TV. It's going to be weird when you're watching this and you're like, we're not in a lot of these together. (laughs) Betty has a lot to take in. Hal, Polly, Chick, Charles... The shady man they killed and hid the body of. What am I forgetting? Uh, well, Jughead, that whole thing. Her right, Serpent right. Queen she dance. dated Jughead for an uncomfortable... Oh, wait, the Serpent Queen dance. Yeah. The trash bag killer. Oh, yeah. Agent Drake. Agent Drake, mm-hmm. most importantly. Most importantly, Agent Drake. I was in a relationship with Agent Drake. <laughs> or I wish I was. I wish I was. Why did we revisit that? Is she here in this time? Can I call her? Is she a teenager? She's the person that they're going to find in the final episode. <laughs> Veronica realized that she killed her husband. We forgot. I, I forgot, certainly. Turned her father into a painting. Her sister her into a, a phone. phone. Her mother into a reality TV star. <laughs> Andy Cohen was her, there. Her bar into a casino. Her casino into a convention floor. <laughs> they did the American Psycho musical at one point. <laughs> All these things happened pretty recently. Cheryl, Tony, Reggie, Fangs, and Dilton? Sure. Our next. He's Dylan's, important too. Dylan's not going to see himself in this. Yeah, Dylan's like, oh. Who's that guy? <laughs> yeah. What? Who is he? And also, why? He's not in a lot. Yeah, he's in barely like. He's like by season one. four. He's like, hey, can I bail? I'm not, I can tell I'm not in any more of this. <laughs> yeah, imagine me like, when do I come back? And the dragon's like, cool. You got to come back at this time for the 100th episode. Great. I'll good. be there. <laughs> When Kevin found out Clay isn't a real person, just like his mom, uh, he refused <laughs> to come. It's like, oh no, it's happening again. Oh no. And same goes with Juliet, but he learned he was a doll. That was hilarious. But so No one's even said the word Jason. No, it's, yeah, he was a very big part of this whole thing. Like, do you guys not like Trevor? Like, what's going on? <laughs> we like Trevor. It seems like you, you, you had an active choice to be like, and we're not bringing Trevor back. I don't know what the deal is. I know it's very strange. But you got the voice of an angel in Julian. Yeah, that's true. They all know now. Even about the bear and the man in a bear costume. (laughs) Tabitha gives them the option to forget. Now that you know, you can choose whether you want to know. Because it doesn't matter if you know. That's the other thing. It's like who, it's like just kind of upsetting. And then Veronica asked for something that like, like objectively you're like, I don't know if this is actually a good lesson for a character to learn. Sure. She's like, can we just remember the good things? Wipe out... All of the plot lines, the serial killers, all of the dark stuff. I don't want to remember anything sad that might have taught me a lesson. Okay. I just want to remember having good times with my friends in another reality. Okay, so beyond that, this is the thing that I don't understand. Why would that be beneficial either to you? That'd be very confusing. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, so I understand why it's upsetting. There's a lot of missing spaces in those memories. Right, exactly. Like, like, so she's just going to remember. It doesn't make sense. Like, why would you, how could you even remember the good times? How could you, you could remember your whole life, only the good times. I feel like that would give you dementia. Yeah, there's, it's not healthy. Those compounding memories that also you can't form into any kind of coherent order. Right. It really makes no sense. 
So this is a nonsense. They should just have forgotten everything. Or well, remembered everything. Yeah, I don't think they should have remembered everything. Frankly, I think a lot of the other stories that are in this episode would have been a lot stronger if we revisited them after we remembered things. Like what? Which ones? Betty and Alice. Oh, yeah. If their whole relationship was only bad and then, you know, Betty downloaded all of her previous memories, that would make a lot more sense for why she could approach her mom in a new light in some like, way 80 percent of that was bad also but, <laughs> but, it, but like can you imagine if instead of going through like the oh what is alice's deal and alice's deal is like a different family tragedy than the family tragedy where she cheated yeah but like what if it was the same family tragedy and we had just gotten here at like a, a relevant time where betty could be like i actually know all of the things yeah and it's, it's like, like some version of this right okay. <laughs> and she's like um that's a little more complicated than what I'm going through, but sure, okay. Yeah, yeah that would have been that would have been good. Yeah, they watch a moment, a montage of only great moments from the series, and I guess I'm jealous of them yeah, because like be that would be how I would only want to remember the series too. So that's why we're gonna start a new podcast called Riverdale Only the oh Highlights. <laughs> we do need an editor to chop the whole show into right. about one forty-five minute package <laughs> sizzle reel. <laughs> Even Julian, Kevin, and Clay showed up. See, I'm just saying, like, you could have brought Alice. You could have brought Alice. Yeah. Hal would have had a quite could've an interesting Mary. time. brought Mary. would have been like, who's this lady? Yeah, exactly. Wait, I <laughs> I'm not in a lot with your dad. <laughs> I gotta go find this woman. <laughs> Jughead realizes he dated Tabitha and runs out to catch her before she ghosts him. Oh. This was sweet. She tells him the real Tabitha settles in Chicago, never returns to Riverdale, and becomes a civil rights advocate. And honestly, good for her. Yeah, she's gonna say thank God. She's, she's like, it'd be she's funny. Out. She's like, that's actually the only thing I was worried about. Everything right. else in here doesn't really matter for the future. She just had to protect like young Tabitha at all costs. Yeah, she has a really confusing line where she's like, "Remember that time bubble date?" And I'm like, "No." And if I'm like, "No." <laughs> okay, I you do. did. She's like, "Yeah, that still exists too. Whatever that means." Okay, so this is the thing it's so confusing so the time bubble date was when they were like they thought they were gonna die in the comet right they're like that one last other date and i thought it was a metaphor that like we grew old and had babies and stuff and they're like no that all happened i'm like okay but like does that mean you like did the deed and then went through a pregnancy or does it mean like literally like you lived a whole like 60 years have you ever okay we're gonna go on a tangent okay great okay have you heard of shifting no okay this is gonna be a, a big thing for you but okay so there are people on TikTok, I mean, they're not only on TikTok, I imagine, but like in the world, but it's popular on TikTok, who claim that you can, when you're sleeping, almost like lucid dream, but like lucid dream to like different realities. And the realities are usually like Hogwarts, um, like the Harry Potter universe and similar, similar type universes. And in these shifting things, people claim that they have like full lives in these like parallel sleeping universes that feel like they've been there for like years. Um, so they claim that they could go, you could shift and be in like Hogwarts for like a year and like live like a Hogwarts student and like go to classes. And when, no, no, John, obviously you're going to be a look. No, I don't actually believe that you can do this. I think a lot of times I do believe like lucid dreaming is possible but I know it's like lucid dreaming is like a thing you can train yourself to do. I don't believe that this is, I think when they talk about it, they're kind of telling a story and they might not even realize that it's not true. 
I don't think it's like 100% true. But anyway. Surely you're describing dreaming. Well, yeah, but it's dreaming <laughs> to like the extreme. It's like... That's what they say. Right, <laughs> right. Like, now, no, my dreams are different though. <laughs> right, and I hear you. I do hear you. I'm just describing how they describe it. Um, and so that is like the only way I can describe what Jughead and Tabitha may have experienced. Like this idea of they were living out like a totally different life within like this time bubble. They're just, she just keeps creating lives and time bubbles. Right. And I was like, this isn't a problem. That no. person doesn't matter. That's yeah. a mayfly existence I don't need to worry about. Right. It's like you had children though. Like, were they real? What were their names? I don't Who cares? Tone, Tonehead and Jugatha. <laughs> That's beautiful. Wow. What a lovely name. What a lovely family name. Uh, she just keeps saying that this, all of this is good. Good, you did good. I'm not sure And I'm how. like, I don't think we really can measure that. No. Jacob said something that I thought was very true about, about this. So the show Hollywood that was on Netflix, which I really did enjoy, and I thought it was like kind of a beautiful idea. Starring Superman. Starring Superman. Henry Cavill's lookalike, David Cornsweet. I don't like him. Um, he looks great. He's very handsome. But he... Um, Anyway, so the concept of Hollywood is basically like, what if instead of Hollywood being racist and horrible, it was not as racist and horrible because people made like changes for the good. And at the time I was like, that's really beautiful. And I don't think it's not a, like it's a nice thought, but Jacob said something that that was interesting was like you could just fix history if you tried a little bit harder yeah and that is simply like not the case the problem is no one put in the effort yeah it's definitely not that lots of people put in the effort and it's there were such there's such horrible um intense forces against people putting in the effort and people were very much punished often for speaking out like do we really think like cheryl speaking out coming out as gay in this universe She's met with, like, another lesbian interracial couple. Thank God she did it. She changed their lives. Right. It's like, I just don't... I'm not saying that that's not a good thing for her to do, obviously, but this fantasy that we have that, like, that is the thing that would have changed things, it's like, no, systemic change is unfortunately often very slow and not based on individual choices, especially when those choices are potentially putting people in danger. Which is why it's weird that, like, that's so often the goals of this show like there was a season all about saving the town from financial ruin oh yeah it's like how do you dramatize that on a weekly basis it's hard and then this season's like we have to change the the morals of this town without realizing we're doing it it's like well then you're not that's going to be really hard to dramatize too like say what you will about last season but we have to get rid of this one man who's the worst, was really easy to follow and root for or yeah, against. Yeah, that's fair. And it was hard. He was, you know, he was a scrappy little fella. Yeah. He really was. Uh, so, Jughead uh, and Tabitha kiss, and Aww. he chooses to remember everything. I really love Jughead and Tabitha, and coming from someone who was so into Betty and Jughead for so long, it is amazing how they were able to make me do that. Impressive. Yeah. It, you know how they did it? No. They didn't let Jughead inter- interact with anybody else They're for like, that whole season. <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> season five, Jughead is like, he lives in this oh, yeah. diner. But look, 
Tabitha's great. I think that's the other thing. Like, she could probably put her with anybody. I probably was shipping her and Betty for a while, too. So, really, yeah. not just Jughead. <laughs> well, Betty chooses to remember, too. Makes sense. Because she's actually the main character. Mm. And she doesn't even have fingernail scars this time. No, nope, She's thinking but... about them. You didn't. Th- oh, she did though. Like I don't. I, yeah. I didn't think that she had them though. No, she doesn't have them. Also, <clears throat> I keep trying to do that to myself. Stop just, that. Well, just to see stop, if it stop works. Stop it right now. I don't know. Maybe She's I doing should, it right now. I don't have enough nails. <laughs> I guess that's what. It, I don't think I could break skin if I yeah, tried. Yeah, I feel like you gotta have. Do you think Betty does fake nails or she just grows out her nails? I think that if you, I don't know. I I don't really get long nails. Like I can't. Not to be like a pick me girl. I just can't. You're on too online if you're using that that word. I'm definitely. Too you're online. married. I know, but what kind of pick me girl. I mean, pick me girls could be married. I don't know. I just like I can't do like I don't. I'm not like the other girls. Like, I can't have long nails. So anyway, Jughead promises the final chapter next week called Goodbye Riverdale. I wonder what that's gonna be. I don't think that's gonna be based off of anything. Is that your reference? Which we find it. Which we write a whole essay this time. That's this will be the one. This is it. This is it. Well, that is the end. <gasps> Oh, the second that's last so episode. crazy this is the only episode that's not the season finale left series finale yeah that's how it works that's that's yeah that's you're right yeah so who is back to the future in this episode mr weatherby <laughs> i know that's not what we call it blast from the past <laughs> who's best dressed best dressed <sighs> frank <laughs> frank in that towel frank in that towel he looked great ah <sighs> no Tab- one's outfits really stood out to me same i was like not paying attention at all to the outfits it is funny how much Aaron Westbrook looks different with or without glasses. I know. Weirdly, she looks smaller with glasses. I can't explain it. Like, she looks like a smaller, more petite person. Yeah. Very strange. Why would that be? Uh, Miss Teen, Miss Riverdale Teen Queen. I mean, I guess Jughead kind of propelled a lot of stuff. I don't know if he really helped anything. It's Reggie. Reggie wins this week. Reggie no, wins why? always. Reggie and Archie. Archie, Archie giving up not... his trip for Reggie. Yeah, Archie, not Reggie. Archie's Miss riverdale teen queen yeah that makes more sense yeah because Reg- he gave up his summer trip in november for <laughs> reggie but i'm happy they're all talking about it it's so fun yeah that's great yeah i like plans right right rumor mill wow our last rumor mill how do you want the series to end given the information we have now do you want to give the characters everything they've ever wanted when most of their journeys has been figuring out what they want yeah I'm not sure. They already took them to a time jump that showed the characters we did know in careers that never really felt right. I think it's interesting that you and I, way back when, when Archie left to join the army, were talking like, why didn't this guy go just travel abroad? Yeah, instead of join the army. Yeah, and yeah. like now they're kind of coming to a similar idea. I think I think we're likely to see everyone hit a much more holistic kind of ending than what they got after graduation sounds like the setup involves Betty time traveling back to her graduation from 50s Riverdale, which just furthers my theory that they really regretted not making this explicitly set in senior year of high school. Yeah, that would make sense. I don't know how I want this to end. Part of me, my thought was that this it could end with this is like okay during the not Riverdale season but the season after Riverdale I guess season seven the Percival Pickens season or whatever season six my thought was there was a moment with Tabitha and Veronica where Veronica asked Tabitha do I end up with Archie or does he end up with Betty 
And Tavis was like, I know, but do you want me to tell you? And I was like, what would be satisfying? I was like, really wouldn't be satisfying for Veronica and Archie to end up together. And it wouldn't really, really, really be satisfying for Betty and Archie to end up together. But what would have been kind of interesting is if we saw multiple versions of characters. Like if it was like at the end, you realize that what we're watching now is just one version. I was kind of just thinking something very similar of like, yeah, you could kind of do something macro about like, what does Riverdale mean by just talking about all the you could do like a spider verse multiverse thing of yeah. like every vert you could do like a little clip of the art co- comedy do some of the stuff in modern day some of the stuff in the 50s show clips of like oh this could be like a different riverdale you know here's a black yeah. and white noir one or whatever and like archie and this relationships these things keep on happening uh, in different variations forever. yeah that riverdale doesn't really end because riverdale isn't real Right, like it's different versions of this. Sin- like it's it's like how we have Riverdale as we knew it, and then we had fifties Riverdale, and how they were different but the same. Right. Like, what if this is just one of many? Tabitha kind of shot that down, but right, she's like, no, actually, I killed all the other ones, probably including Rivervale, to right. shore up this one. Very confusing, but that's what I think I would like the best because I can't imagine. And there was, like, a canon. Yeah, if there's, like, one true Riverdale universe. Because I'm like, I don't think Betty and Archie are endgame. And that's making it all about, like, Betty and Archie or whatever. Right. But, like, that's such a part of the show. Or, yeah, everything's said and done. And then it just cuts to uh, Betty and Archie reading a stack of papers at Pops across from Jughead, all dressed in season one attire. Just being like, I don't know, man. This book feels like <laughs> feels like it's a lot and yeah. weirdly personal, but also crazy. Right. Uh, I don't know. Maybe like first draft. Uh... So like, here's a pitch. This last third don't really need. <laughs> yeah, just like, take it. Everything from graduation. Life. Maybe don't do that. Maybe just do it the first time around. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. She's like, it just feels weird that we keep going back to high school. I don't know. Right. Jughead, do you want to date me? Is that what this is? <laughs> you made it very... She's like, I did earlier in writing it, but then I realized I didn't want to anymore. Right. I wrote a new character in, actually. That, that, uh, that girl I'm going to date now yeah the time jump in the middle is a tr- and then the other time jump is what a-, a weird book this would be if this was all sequential like in a book but it would also be like a nice thing for it to be revealed it's a book and just be like oh they're still teens in the present also also they're teens in the 50s also they're going out to have fun i could see this whole thing ending with it being just like a creation of jughead mm-hmm. like in some way but it does feel like we kind of it feels like we were going to more likely get that before Rivervale and the comic books guy in the basement, right. who we have now completely forgotten exists. So I feel like if that the didn't happen... Tabitha killed him. Angel Tabitha was like, you're not allowed to exist anymore. Right, right. And how she did that, I don't know. You know, angel powers. Angel powers. Should we watch the finale episode? Or the finale trailer? Uh, sure. Because yeah. I have not watched it. We can, we can absolutely do that. Hey, John, why don't you pull it up on your computer? Uh, oh, because then it would come through oh, your that headphones. Sense. Duh, cool. And then I wouldn't be able to hear it. I never thought about that. I just thought it was like, eh. A choice can... I've been making that yeah. you're like, why would you do that? <laughs> right. And I wanted to be polite about it, but but hey, look, it's fine. I, I've been thinking about it the whole time. Yeah, no, it makes sense now. I just didn't think about it more than two seconds. This story tonight is about saying goodbye to a town that was once lost in time. 
Should we all take one last ride together? That's gonna be very emotional. Whose grave do you think they're putting flowers on? Fred's. Fred's? But it wasn't Archie who was there. Who else would it be? I know. I know, it's just weird. It's Harley Fred. Alice. Alice. Good riddance. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. So, John, what are you watching? <laughs> I recently went to the movies Ooh. and I saw. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <gasps> Mutant Mayhem. Did you love it? I really did. Me too. I had a blast. It visually looks like Hey Arnold. Yes. Or like, you know, an old Nickelodeon cartoon, which it is a Nickelodeon movie, but like with the cool abilities that, that like Spider-Verse unlocked and like their way to do shading and depth of field and lighting and all that. So it looks great. And it feels very funny that for a franchise called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it does seem like the take this time was like, what if they were teenagers? Right. Yes, it's fun. <laughs> like, they've always been teenagers, but they've never been like... They've been more like preteens. Like, the level of relatability, and it's so weird, actually, when like a character like Michelangelo references pop culture that came out after him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For Michelangelo to go be going around saying, I love Attack on Titan is so weird for me. There's but also is very it. cool. There's a lot of pop culture. There's like the Chris's even. Yes. Like, oh my God, weird. that broke me. So Jackie funny. Chan as Master Splinter oh. is so good in so. this movie. And there is a bit with a Chris Pine standee that had me breaking. <laughs> there is such heart in the movie. Yeah. I like loved it. I thought it was so sweet. And I really have no attachment to Ninja Turtles. Like There's been a lot of these movies. Have there? I watched the old live action ones where the Jim Henson oh, like robot yeah, mouth. Right. They were they were okay. Couldn't do a lot of martial arts in them. They had a TV show for a little bit that actually crossed over with the Power Rangers. Was it animated? No, it was live action. They added a fifth turtle who was a girl. Oh, that's cool. Good for them. And then they're not canonically brothers anymore. Oh, Weird stuff. Okay, the brother sure. thing is weirdly endearing. They yeah. did like an animated movie that was kind of a sequel to those live action movies called TMNT. Then they did the Michael Bay produced. They did like two of those Ninja Turtle movies where they're Genuinely big don't. CG live action turtles uh, that had Megan Fox in them and Will Arnett. And oh, yes. Those didn't come out that long ago. They're not even that old. But I then forgot. to go back to animation in this way. And, you know, every five years there's a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. cartoon also. This huh. is just the best movie of any of them they've made. Yeah. And reaches a conclusion that no Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles story has ever reached by the end of it. What the, well. A sense of, a sense of completion of their journey. Yes. That no one has ever done. I thought it was great. I can't imagine what the the Ninja Turtle movie with Megan Fox even looks like. It looks like a Transformers movie. Interesting. Huh. Oh, the turtles are really ugly at it. Too. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, I, I knew that movie existed. I'm gonna pull like, when up. you said it, I was like, right, okay, cool. But I cannot imagine, like, the visual of it. Wait, is it, like, really bad? Let's see. <laughs> Look at these guys. Oh, that is, that's, like, worse than I thought. Yeah. They're, like, really, they're, like, literally ugly. Yeah, they're really ugly. And they're huge. Yeah, they're gigantic. They don't look like teenagers at all. No, they definitely don't look like teenagers. <laughs> this is the one where they introduce that Donatello has glasses and like a little head thing that they've weirdly kept as part of the character. Well, that's good, I guess. But, um, yeah, no, this was all around just the wrong choice. <laughs> yes, 
Definitely the wrong choice. No one was looking for them to be that realistic, my guys. Which no. is crazy. Because if you know the history of Turtles, I the don't. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were not created as like a kid's thing. Oh, really? They were like an underground comic book. Uh, that was like dark and then they just That's... got over time got all the sand, rough rough edges sanded off yeah. until it was like you know the renaissance artists for kids right that's a weird choice in general but i mean weird those were scary turtles the megan fox ones were scary yeah no uh but weirdly uh just what's his name seth rogan is like a really good producer and yeah he, he knows is. the right mode to take with these kinds of stories because he's been uh he's been working in the industry for so long he's been doing it and like really their wants aren't that different from like the characters wants in super like super bad yeah the boys in super bad are gross and he wrote that movie as a teenager but they want to be cool and invited to a party where everyone will like them and that is what the, turtle the turtles want. want it's so cute it is such a good movie I really liked it. I really, really did. And I really liked the, I liked the little romance, like the very like high school feeling Ayo. crush. Is very Ayo as April O'Neil. She's so good. Oh my God. I can't wait to watch Bottoms. Do you know that movie? No, what's Bottoms? So Bottoms is the same person who did Shiva Baby, but it's basically about these two girls in school who start a fight club to get like the hot cheerleaders to want to like make out with them. Oh. Yeah. So it's like a queer fight club movie. Okay. It looks hilarious. I am so excited to watch it. I think it comes out next week. So what am I watching? I feel like I've seen a lot of movies and I can't think of like... So I saw the movie Shortcomings, which is Randall Park's directorial debut with um, Sherry Cola from Good Trouble, who I love. And I forget the actor's name who's like the main character, but he is in Beef because Ian kept saying, that's the guy from Beef when we were watching it. And it's kind of like, if you've ever seen like High Fidelity, that movie where it's like kind of like a guy who is like reminiscing on his like past relationships and, and everything. And he's kind of like, anyway, so this movie is just about a guy who lives in San Francisco and he sucks. Wait, is it Stephen Young? No, no, no. This oh. is a younger guy. Okay. Um, but this guy sucks. Like, he, he has a girlfriend, but she, like, goes for an internship in New York, and they're in San Francisco, so they, like, kind of sort of break up. And he is, they're taking a break, so he's, like, dating all these other women. It's really, like, kind of one of those movies about not that much, but it's about him just, like, not realizing, like, he is the problem. It's him kind of a thing. Ian did not love the movie because it was one of those things where he was like, I could not root for this character. But I thought it was like kind of entertaining and fun. I don't have what like was it called? shortcomings. Hmm. It was I liked it. I understand why I think people might have a hard time with it because it's not it's like a there is like an arc for the character, but you're you don't have like his save the cat moment, you know? Like he doesn't do anything redeeming so that you're like, "Oh, but there's like that inkling, there's something that I want him to like be better." He kind of sucks the whole time until he finally has like a oh, I've been sucking the whole time, kind of a moment. So I liked it, but your mileage may vary. All right. Yeah. And where can they find you? Well, you can find me on X, but we're just going to say you can find us on the Riverdale Register podcast, which is on Instagram. And I just want to say, guys, thank you so, so much. There are so many people lately who have just said the kindest things to us. Oh, really? Yeah, I've been meaning to screenshot and send them to you, and then I've forgotten. Much appreciated community. Yeah, I, I can't even tell you. People have been like, we've gotten some messages where it's been like, hey, you know, I'm a mom, and like, this is my downtime. I like hearing adults talk. They call this adults. 
How cool is that? You're 30. I know. It's crazy. So young and yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but people people just sort of being like, you know, I, I didn't you know, I don't really have anybody else to watch this show with. So it's fun. It's like, I feel like I have somebody to like almost discuss it with. So thank you. Everyone wants to know what we're doing next. Everyone wants us to do another show podcast. I oh, told everyone so nice. TBD what we're doing, but we will keep them updated. But mm-hmm. it's been very nice. And I will screenshot all these messages. And please keep messaging me there. Um, I do check it. I don't always check it like every single day but i try to and it's been really nice to read everybody's messages you know there are a lot of you i don't know you know not thousands or probably maybe thousands i don't know i actually don't know there are dozens of us dozens of us exactly (laughs) but it's been really nice to hear you guys listening to this it feels really weird i appreciate it that was stella she was really excited yeah anyway i'm gonna go make myself one single chocolate chip cookie (laughs) (laughs) Over and out, River Vixens.